pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 166. Today I'm going to chat with Tyler Patner from Pyramid Air, discuss new importation regulations being applied in secret by the ATF, highlight new polymer-cased ammo from True Velocity, and talk about a Florida man who stole a backhoe and took out Biden signs. I'm your host, Ava Flannell. Tyler, how are you doing today? Oh, great. Thanks for having me, Ava. Of course. How's the weather over there? A little overcast, but we're getting into kind of the normal fall routine up here in Cleveland. So it's going to be a bunch of gloomy months until the snow hits. What's the average weather right now? Right now, like mid 50s typically. So, you know, good sweatshirt weather. Okay. Well, yesterday it was a high of 12 degrees. (laughs) Yeah. Colorado doesn't usually get that cold because I don't live in the mountains. So everyone's always like, well, you're from Colorado. Aren't you used to the cold? And on average, it's like 30 to 50 degrees during the winter. It doesn't snow as much as you think. But yeah, we got a ton of snow the last two days. High was 12 degrees. And I'm just over it. I'm literally thinking of just buying a condo somewhere in Arizona, Texas, maybe even Florida, although that seems kind of far from Colorado, and just going there for the winter. And I'm dead serious. I wish I was kidding, but I think I could do it. I think I could wing it. It's, I have contemplated very much the same thing. And especially now with like so many people working remotely, very, very close to just saying like, get me out of the cold weather. Like, I just want to go somewhere for the winter that is not frigid because up here in Cleveland, it drops into the teens or single digits for many weeks at a time during the winter. So it's pretty God awful. Yeah, no kidding. And you know, seasonal depression is real. I don't want you guys to think I'm a whack job, but I did break down and I bought one of those lights that admits vitamin D. (laughs) So in the morning, I'm drinking my coffee and I'm right there in front of the light. So far, I haven't really noticed much of a change, but at this point, any little thing will help. The biggest thing, though, is what am I supposed to do with my house, though, when I leave for a few months? That's the only thing that freaks me out. Well, you could rent it. I could, but I'm such a germaphobe and OCD. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right now, for sure. yeah. Yeah. So if anybody has any ideas on what I can do with my house or Maybe I could just hire somebody to come by and just make sure that it didn't blow up. That would be great. All right, moving forward, Manicore Arms. If you guys have the Scorpion Evo Carbine or the SBR, you need to check out the Scorpion Evo slider stock. It was inspired by the MP5 A3 telescoping stock. It friction locks in the collapsed position, which only adds three-fourths of the length of the gun and can be quickly pulled out for instant deployment and locks in the open position. Best of all, if you fire it in the collapsed position, there's no interference with the ejection port from the collapsed rods. The butt pad is grooved aluminum for a solid grip. You could also add an optional rubber butt pad if you want. They're in stock right now for $257.95, but if you remember that code, GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off, and that is at manicorearms.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. I've wanted to have you on for a while. I've actually messed around with Pyramid Air's products. You guys make some really cool stuff. But more than ever, now with ammo shortages, I can't help but think you guys must be really busy. If people were on the fence before, eh, I don't know if I want an air gun. I'm sure that some people now have decided to pull the trigger, which we'll get into here shortly. But before we do, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into this industry. Sure. I really got into air guns for thinking back on it now, probably because I didn't have a place to shoot a firearm almost right when I turned 18. So for me, it was a way to shoot in the backyard, whether that's legal or not, wherever you live is something you got to find out for yourself. But yeah, so that was how I got into it. And, and for whatever reason, I just kind of fell in love, not only with shooting, but also with air guns. There's just the fact that they're quiet and you know pretty easy to use and really just like went down the rabbit hole pretty much as hard as you can and eventually got into competition shooting. And through that, I got introduced to Pyramid Air as a customer. And then when I was getting out of college, I said, Hey, I need a job, right? So I looked at a few companies in the industry and Pyramid happened to be hiring. They weren't too far from where I grew up. I grew up in Chicago, they're in Cleveland. It's not that far and not like a 
huge departure from normal life in terms of living near a city. So for me, that seemed reasonable, went out there and and started in our uh, customer service and sales department and kind of worked my way up to now I'm like product manager. So it's been quite a ride so far. Nice. And you mentioned that you did competitions. Was this with air guns? Yeah. So there are a couple of different competition sets that are air gun specific. The one I shoot currently is, is called Field Target, which is kind of think like 3D archery, but with an air gun. Mm-hmm. And the target sizes vary. So you're shooting from like 10 to 55 yards, but it's like true precision with an air gun and it's outdoors, which I enjoy versus like what you see in the Olympics, 10 meter style competition shooting, which in my opinion is super boring, but an amazing skill set if you mm-hmm. can do it well. For me, that just it is what I enjoy at the moment. And not that there aren't other competition styles that are also fun. And we don't have anything like three gun or anything, but if we did, I'd definitely be shooting it. Yeah, I know, right? You would think that somebody would probably have that at this point because you guys do make guns for every, well, is there a shotgun? That's the one thing. So there's like a PCP shotgun that uh-huh. we do have and there have been break barrel shotguns and a handful of what we call action replicas in that CO2 power plant, but most of them have problems. And the PCP, the price point to entry is a little high to start with that yeah. for a competition. So, but the pistols and the rifles, for sure. I mean, there's every replica of just about anything out there. And there's some airsoft competitions, especially in other parts of the world. But because here in the U.S., we are fortunate to have firearms, you know, obviously those take precedence from a competition perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind of going back, just in case if people don't know what Pyramid Air is, can you tell us about the company and what they do? Sure. We are the largest air gun retailer in the world. We've been in business for, I want to say like 23 or 24 years now. And we also have like a wholesale manufacturing arm of the company as well. But really Pyramid Air is known for just kind of being all things air gun, whether you're just getting into it or you've been into it for years. If it's air gun related, we have it, we sell it, and and we can help you figure out what's best for you. And when did Pyramid Air get started? You said it's been in company for what, 23 years? Yeah. So like late 90s uh, and really started in our founder, uh, Josh Unger's garage, thanks to his gracious wife for letting him uh, use the space. And, you know, in a few imports, there's actually like a, a letter that our current president, Val, has on his wall which is one of our first purchase orders to a company at the time that was in England. And it was like, I, I would be very pleased to buy four of your guns. Right. And now, uh-huh. uh, you know, we don't buy four of anything. Anymore. Yeah. It's really crazy to see kind of where the company's gone and, and, but still air guns are, are a new thing for a lot of people and, and not necessarily something that's really mainstream. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, what did I do? I, I teamed up with Legally Armed America and we did a little fun competition to see who could shoot the most accurate. And it was these little steel animals that we set up. And I think you guys were doing some sort of promotion. And that was my first experience. But I remember talking to Laura from Pyramid Air and she's like, okay, well, what gun do you want? Do you want this? Apparently there's all these different kinds of BBs. And it was honestly kind of overwhelming because I don't know. I don't know anything. I just know real firearms, but I don't know anything about this side. Can you explain the different types of BBs and how they operate and all that stuff? Because I know you guys have a ton of replicas. You pretty much have a replica of every gun that's out there, which is really cool. Yeah, it's great. And it can be a great training aid as well. When we're talking about the replicas, usually they function off of CO2, um, Mm -hmm. which are like those little 12 gram cartridges. You can buy them at Walmart. Obviously, we sell them but you can find them locally if you need to. And those either shoot BBs or pellets. Now, I think most people are familiar with BBs. They shot probably like a Daisy Red Rider as a kid. They're the little, you know, zinc, copper, steel projectiles uh, that ricochet everywhere. And that's why we wear safety glasses so you don't shoot your eye out. But BB technology, it's kind of a weird thing because they've been around for well over 100 years. BB technology has kind of come a little bit further in the last maybe 10 years or so where we have what I would term as low ricochet and no ricochet BBs, uh, one of which is uh, called the uh, Smart Shot BB, which is a copper-coated lead core BB. So it compresses really nicely when you shoot you know, a steel or metal target. And then the other one is the Dust Devil BBs, which are actually made here in the USA in-house here in Cleveland. And those are actually a frangible BB. So for folks that don't know what frangible means, that means you you shoot a a hard target and they break apart on impact. 
Uh, so really no ricochet as long as you're shooting a metal target, which is really cool and opens up a lot of a lot more fun training possibilities there. Mm-hmm. Your original question as far as like the different types of air guns, uh, CO2 guns are probably the, the most popular when we're talking about those replicas, whether it's a you know AR style rifle replica or a replica of your favorite centerfire pistol. There's also spring piston guns, which, you know, everything's self-contained. So those are like a brake barrel. Most people are familiar with those. You also have pre-charged pneumatics or PCP guns, which are kind of where the market is heading right now. And those are your, your more powerful guns, but they really span kind of the broadest swath of, of capabilities where you have the 10 meter competition guns that are used in the Olympics that are like four grand. And you also have, you know, small game guns, you have big air guns that can take out the biggest game here in America and abroad. So there's just this wide kind of berth as far as pre-charge guns go. That's kind of a brief overview. Pre-charge, what is that exactly? Sure. So um, pre-charge meaning you have to fill it from an external source and pre-fill the gun with air. Okay. Uh, and then you, you get a certain number of shots and then you'd have to refill it. Gotcha. When people, let's say they take it hunting, do they have to take that external source with them? Is it doable? Is it a larger CO2 tank or? So it's high pressure air. Breathing air would be the easiest thing to, to relate that back to. So you can go to like your local fire department, scuba shop, I suppose, or, or even a paintball store or an air gas or something like that usually will have air. The pressure is always an issue in terms of how much pressure they can fill a tank to. Oh, okay. Um, so, but we also sell compressors and hand pumps. So there are are more independent options as well. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be relying on somebody for air these days. But yeah, so so it's all pre-filled, but most of the guns, even the big bores, get a couple of shots. So if you were in that big game hunting situation, realistically, you're going to take, you know, one shot, let's say on a deer or or something like that. You're going to take that one shot and that, you know, maybe you need a follow-up and pretty much all the guns out there can provide you that follow-up shot on the big bore side. And of course, if you're looking at a small game gun, for something like squirrels in the backyard, or you want to shoot prairie dogs, most of those guns can shoot, you know, 40, 50, 60 plus shots on a fill. Wow. What are you guys using for the big game? What are you using to hit your target with? Is it BBs? Sure. You are shooting a typically a lead projectile. Um, There are a couple different ammo sources when you talk about big bore uh, air guns. Being that they're air shotguns, you do have kind of that shot shell type of projectile that you know, sends a, same as a shotgun, a load of BBs right out into the world, which would be more for small game. But you can also, with any of the big boards you're talking about, uh, usually solid lead projectiles, uh, they do have hollow points and, and, you know, ballistic tip stuff out there as well. It's kind of very similar to what you'd see in the firearms industry if you were just looking at solid lead ammo, not copper coated or anything. Mm-hmm. There are also arrows out there that you can shoot out of some of these guns, but also guns that fire arrows specifically. So that has kind of been an emerging trend of the last couple of years, especially for big game, because if you're concerned about kind of the marginal power that a big bore air gun can put out with a slug, which right now you're talking about roughly 700 foot pounds, 800 foot pounds is kind of the maximum in what we see in production guns. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're talking about, I think that's a little higher than 45 long colt, as an example, for firearms wow. brain functioning listeners. When you think about maybe that's not quite doable for certain types of game or, or at the distances you might be shooting, you throw an arrow with a broadhead into a gun that can produce that kind of energy and there's really nothing that can stop it. So that's been amazingly effective. And we've seen those arrow firing guns take Cape Buffalo over in Africa, Whitetail here. I think we're probably in the next year or two going to start to see elk and moose going down as well. Dang. And is there any advantage to using an air gun versus an actual firearm? Hmm. That's an interesting question. They can be quieter for sure. So that, that can be a big advantage for a lot of people. Now, that's not necessarily an advantage for somebody who's hunting big game, right? Because you're taking that one shot and that's what you need to connect on. But for the backyard shooter that's got a squirrel problem and maybe neighbors in in a relatively close proximity that they don't want to bother, that can be a huge advantage. They're usually integrally suppressed. And you can also add things to that to help make your gun quieter, which is kind of a gray area as far as the legal side of that is concerned. But yeah, 
but air guns are typically much quieter. So you can do more with them in places you could not shoot a firearm. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll leave it to that, which is great also for hearing protection. But really like when we're talking about big boars specifically in hunting, it's really that, what is that next challenge for people? Because a lot of folks will hunt with their firearms or or hunt with archery equipment, whether it's a crossbow or, or a vertical bow. And you're kind of always looking for that next frontier, something I haven't done yet, right? Mm -hmm. And air guns can definitely provide that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I live in Colorado and within city limits, you can't even shoot an air gun. But I had skunks living under my shed. Okay. And I have not a huge backyard and having a skunk problem was the last thing I would have thought. But of course, my dog got sprayed by a skunk. And Mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I was so tempted just to suppress a 22 and shoot the skunks, even though I've never killed an animal. But when you call and you have somebody quote you to set up a trap, and then on top of that, it's a few hundred dollars to get the animal. And you're assuming that there's only one. Well, it turns out I had an entire family living underneath my shed. And the whole time I was just like, oh, this would be so much easier if I just killed it. But I'm like, my luck, I somehow miss and then it hits the neighbor's dog or something. But it's definitely quieter than a suppressed 22. Yeah. And that's the thing. You talk about energy and in terms of what can happen to a projectile after it passes through game. A 22 long rifle is major overkill, even subsonic rounds. You're mm-hmm. talking about from an energy perspective, like 80 or 90 foot pounds of energy. That's a ton. Yeah. You know, you're, you, with an air gun, you're talking about a, a smaller, lighter uh, lead projectile that is shooting. Let's, if you're using a pre-charged gun, for example, probably in the 25 to 30 foot pound range. So a third of the energy and is going to drop and dump all of its energy pretty much into that animal uh, with minimal pass through. So it can be a, a, a pretty huge advantage in a lot of those urban situations where you definitely need to be concerned about what's behind your target. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take a quick break real quick and talk about SB Tactical. If you're a fan of PDWs, you need to check out the SB PDW brace for the AR-15. It's a great option if you want that shortened PDW design with fast three-position adjustment. Like other PDW designs, the solid steel rods give rock-solid stability to the brace, and you are able to fire in the full collapsed position. It comes as a complete assembly with a proprietary buffer tube, but it works with standard mil-spec BCGs and buffer springs. It includes a QD attachment point and is 6.75 inches long, fully collapsed, and 9.375 inches fully extended. Check it out at sb-tactical.com. Don't forget to use that code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off everything on their website. One of the great things about your site is you guys have air guns for just about any price. Any recommendations for listeners that want to start out with their first air gun? Sure. So yeah, it really depends on what you're looking to do with it. That's always important. But for those folks that are more training minded, like we said before, there's a replica for pretty much every uh, major firearm out there, whether you're a Glock guy or Smith & Wesson or CZ fanboy, you know, whatever, there's a replica for you. So there's just tons of different stuff out there that that really can fit your needs from a training perspective. And you're talking about roughly a $100 investment on average into the pistol itself. And you know, maybe another twenty to thirty dollars on BBs or pellets, uh, and then your your CO two to power it as well. So it's a relatively low cost, and you can build your own trap to you know shoot into, or or we sell them as well. But you can already tell it's it's a relatively low investment, especially when you compare it to going out and buying that firearm counterpart with ammo. That ammo cost is a really really big huge difference for those that are looking for something to do small game elimination things like that. Guns like the Umarex Gauntlet, that's been a great seller for us. It's a $300 PCP that they make in 22 and 25 caliber. That's great for small game, even up to some of those medium game like raccoons and you know even small coyotes. The Air Venturi Avenger is a new one as well. A great, also affordable entry-level PCP option. So yeah, there's really something for everybody. And in, you know, if you do want to harken back to when you were a little kid, we sell the Daisy Red Rider too, so you can get one of those. Hmm. It's pretty cool. 
I have to imagine that with the scarcity of ammo that you guys have seen a pretty big uptick in sales. Is that correct? Yeah, really anything in in the outdoor space right now. I think people just start looking for a way to get out of the house and looking for something to do outside. So yeah, we've we've seen, I think, the same uptick that the firearm side and, and really anybody in the outdoor industry right now has seen as well. It's been a blessing and a curse because obviously you're talking about just massive growth that you can't really keep up with both mm-hmm. from a demand perspective, but also, you know, our suppliers that the whole supply chain is disrupted globally by COVID and with kind of this increase in demand. So now we're just starting to catch up from a supply perspective. And a lot of major manufacturers are starting to catch up as well. But not knowing what's going to happen in the next month or so, you know, that's going to either add fuel to the fire or depending on what happens with COVID that, you know, there's just so many unknowns. But yeah, there's been a ton of new people getting into air guns, which has been phenomenal to see. And for us, we're just hoping that it's something that the people enjoy and that they have a good experience with and and want to continue with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because right now, if you can find ammo, it's extremely expensive. You're paying at least three times the amount. Yeah. I feel bad for the new shooter, especially when they buy a brand new gun and then they can't even find ammo in order to use their gun to see if it even works or even if yeah. they want self-defense ammo. So I got to imagine that, yeah, you can do dry fire drills and that helps, but it's still not the same. And so I've been thinking, okay, what are some alternatives that people could use, especially for gun stores, ranges, instructors? What is it that they can use to still keep their business afloat, considering that there's a huge shortage in ammo? Yeah. Air guns are a great alternative, not just for that enjoyment in shooting, but also for the training you know, aspect as well, because you have a lot of those replicas that have what we call full blowback, which, you know, the, so the slide reciprocates just like it does on your centerfire or even on a rimfire pistol as well. And whether it shoots BBs or pellets, you have considerably less expensive ammo options. So uh, to give you an example, you could buy 5,000 steel BBs or zinc BBs on our website right now for about 10 bucks. It's crazy. 5,000 rounds, right. Conversely with pellets, you can buy 500 pellets for about the same amount of money. There's tons of different types of pellets as well. So you can get your money's worth in terms of training and learning both the handling and also some level of kind of recoil mitigation. It's obviously nowhere near what a nine millimeter, for example, you know, recoils like, but very similar to like shooting a, a rimfire pistol in terms of recoil. Mm-hmm. So it's just good practice. It, it still teaches you trigger control. And obviously from a, if you are new to conceal carry, it can be a great thing as well. You can train in your basement with real recoil and make sure your presentation's good, that you're coming out of the holster solid. You know, all of those things can come into play and you can train with an air gun, whether it's BB pellet or even an airsoft gun as well. Yeah. And not to mention, you could also practice with accuracy. Yep. Because like I said, when I made this video, I was surprised by how accurate. I did notice that with the gun that I was using, which was the HKP30, that the pellets seemed to be a little bit more accurate than the BBs. Is that typically something that you'd see or does it just depend on the gun? Yeah, that that is typical. Now, most guns uh, on the whole do not shoot both BBs and pellets. There are only a handful that can shoot either ammunition type. But most of the time, you're either buying a BB gun or a pellet gun. Okay. But if you if accuracy is something that's a big concern for you, a pellet gun is going to be better for you. There mm-hmm. are accurate BB guns, but in general, you're talking about a barrel typically that's not rifled with a BB gun. So you're really just relying on a semi-tight fit around the BB to push it in the right direction versus, you know, a pellet gun. You actually have those rifling grooves that are helping to spin that pellet and and put it on target effectively and accurately. Definitely. And have you seen any gun ranges that allow air guns? Sure. Um, Most, at least around here, you know, nobody's going to tell you no, right? They're probably going to look at you funny because they're going to be like, why wouldn't you bring your firearm here if you had one, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and really, quite honestly, what I would tell folks out there is that I wouldn't recommend necessarily spending the money unless you have a big bore air rifle, for example, where you, you maybe can't shoot it in the backyard. I can't recommend really in good conscience spending the money to go to a range. What I would do is pull the car out of the garage or jump down in the basement, build some traps for yourself 
that you can shoot into and go to town and you can do it all without leaving the house. Yeah. For me, that's what I tell people. Yeah. Especially now that you have the non-ricochet ones, because that would be my only issue is, cool, I just don't want all these little divots in my wall and (laughs) because of it. One thing I recommend for folks, whether you're, you're shooting airsoft or steel BBs, if you don't buy those low ricochet BBs, one of the things I recommend is that you take like an, an old box, let's say you got a package from Amazon, right? You know, you can cut like an A-zone sized hole in that box and fill that box with like old clothes or, or plastic bags even, and that'll stop your BBs. Yeah, that's actually what them. I did. Yeah, and it, it works great. And it, it's still... It gives you that kind of realistic training scenario because you still have a normal sized target mm-hmm. that you're shooting at. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I shot it in my office because, well, I'm not trying to like put holes in my wall like at home. <laughs> so I'll just do it in my office. And that's what I did was I kind of just made my own and I used some foam padding and I just kind of stuffed the box and it worked really well. There was no ricochets. In fact, there wasn't even a ton of cleanup because a lot of times those BBs or pellets would go inside the box. So it's not like I was left with, well, and I got to sweep all this stuff up. So it, it actually, it really wasn't bad. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys have any future plans that you can share with listeners? Well, we actually just unveiled a kind of custom build your own air gun builder, basically for a couple guns, one of which is a Colt Peacemaker replica. So you can kind of build your own replica of the Peacemaker with different barrel lengths, different color options, you know, so you have different grips, uh, tons of stuff. You can do a fanning hammer if you want on the gun and and it'll actually run like the real thing if you did want to fan it. That's something we're looking to expand into other platforms as well, other guns. So hopefully that'll be a cool thing. But right now it's really just starting to plan for Q4, which as most everybody knows is you got Black Friday in there and Cyber Monday and all those kind of sales holidays. So there'll definitely be some deals folks need to be on the watch for. SHOT Show for us is very much the same as it is for the firearms industry. So we're all all looking to January with uh, some excitement to see what's kind of going to be next year's big thing. So yeah, that's, you know, from a new gun perspective that I can't really, I, I know of a few things, but I can't share too much, but there is just as much innovation and uh, expansion in the air gun side of the industry as there is in the firearm side, maybe even more in some respects, uh, just because the technology is a little bit younger than folks. While air guns have been around since like the 1500s or something ridiculous like that, there's still a lot of technologies and a lot of advancements that are happening, you know, each and every year, especially on that big bore side. So There's going to be some very, very cool and interesting stuff in 2021. I know that for sure. Nice. All right, cool. And then for listeners who want to find you guys on the internet, where can they find you? Sure. Uh, So our website, www.pyramidair.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Pyramid Air. Facebook, the same. I do a lot on Instagram. I do all the Q&A type things in our stories. So if you ever have any questions or want real feedback or, you know, or anything like that, you can always hit us up there and uh, very interactive. So. Okay. Awesome. And now it's time to talk about IWI. I really want to try out their Uzi Pro. The Uzi Pro is a modern take on the traditional Uzi with a number of enhancements, including significant weight reduction by incorporating modern polymer construction in the design. It retains the iconic Uzi look, but has features like the charging handle on the left side, leaving the top free for a full-length Picatinny rail for optics and a forward rail for accessories. Additionally, the mag release is relocated to a more traditional location for pistols compared to the traditional Uzi. Fully adjustable iron sights are included, and it comes with one 20-round and one 25-round magazine. Also, you can order it equipped with a folding stabilizing brace designed for it from, of course, SB Tactical. Check it out and other great guns at IWI.us. Don't forget, if you see some accessories on their web store that you like, you can use the code GUNFUNNY15 and that gets you 15% off. Politics. What is going on in the world? Today, it's political AF. For this week's segment, I actually left it out with my guest Tyler. 
Because I knew that anything political, it's always rapidly changing. So I wanted to go back and fill this in once I had more information that was a little bit more up to date. Joining me today is Jon Snow, who knows way more about this than I do. We are going to be talking about the ATF interpretation change on importation of pistols. John, what is going on here? Earlier this week, a letter surfaced that it was emailed to Military Arms Channel. And then he did some legwork and found the actual letter on the website of the law firm that originated it. And the law firm is Wiley Rain, which it's a very large law firm in Washington, D.C. They have something like 240 lawyers and 450 employees just in Washington, D.C. And they've been established since the early 80s. So they're very much a very well-established, well-known law firm. They deal with a lot of cases having to do with importation of firearms. And there's a ton of stuff in this letter that's really troubling. But basically, the whole gist of it is the ATF is re-examining how they classify pistols and give them exemptions because the Gun Control Act, as it is, basically blocks all kinds of importation of firearms. If it's got any kind of military purpose, anything like that, there has to be what they deem a sporting purpose. And under that, the sporting purpose, as it was defined for pistols, historically has always been the most lax in terms of criteria. And basically what they have is a point system. And under that, basically the bigger and heavier a pistol is, the more points it usually gets. And so handguns that were more unwieldy were recognized as having more points and suitable to be brought into the country legally under the Gun Control Act. But what that has done in the past has limited some of the smaller pistols from being imported, like a lot of cool Walthers and things like that, we're not able to have in the United States because they don't come up with enough points. But what they are now doing, it's really just a continuation of the same thing that they're pulling on braces. They are reinterpreting and they're doing it outside of the regulatory process the way they're supposed to be. Again, they're doing all this in dark. It's all in secret. They're not doing any actual regulatory changes. They're issuing just opinions and they're doing it privately in company-specific letters. And they're even saying in each of these letters, this is not a final determination and it could change. It's just, we're saying that this is illegal now, even though it might not be illegal tomorrow. But it still carries the force of law because when it's the ATF, anything that they issue, cease and desist or declaration that what you're trying to import is illegal, it's at the threat of a barrel of a gun if you continue in denial of what they tell you. Mm -hmm. It carries the force of law no matter what you do. And so basically what has happened is the Wiley Rain Law Firm, they represent a whole bunch of firearm companies and they're dealing with importation cases. And this letter was put together by Wiley Rain because they've seen all these cases with multiple companies. Now, none of these companies have come forward and said that they are the companies that have been victim of this because just like with the brace thing, companies don't want to run afoul of the ATF. Kevin was the exception. We now know that there are many other companies that have been targeted by the brace reclassification. They're just not coming forward. He was the only one that had the balls to step up and tell the public that this was going on. Mm -hmm. Wiley Rain, they've thankfully come out and said, this is happening. We are seeing it with a whole bunch of our clients. Right now, this just applies to importation, but there's a lot of serious implications behind this. And so what they've done is the ATF is now saying things that have been commonly approved because they are too big, too long, they're not balanced in how you operate them, and they're leaving all these determinations up to the agent examining them. So you end up with that case of non-typical people examining them. You've got the guy with the Hulk arm trying to put a brace around his arm. You've now got somebody who's very, very thin trying to hold up a HK-91 or something. One example is in the last few months, at least one type of HK-91 pistol that was about eight pounds, had an eight and three quarter inch barrel, and it was 21 and three quarter inches overall. It was deemed to fall outside the definition of a handgun. Well, it doesn't obviously meet the criteria for a rifle or a shotgun either. So it falls under the term AOW, any other weapon. And any other weapons they deem as having no sporting purpose and cannot be imported. 
there's another reason why I think the AOW thing is going to come into determination here, but I'll get into that in a minute. But one of the other big things here, all these letters are not publicly available. So it's impossible for any companies to look at these and say, okay, we need to adjust our parameters on this in order to be legal to bring these in. Just like the braces, it's arbitrary rules in secret that nobody understands. Some patterns, though, that Wiley Rain has noticed out of all these is they have objective design features that they've been looking at with these, incorporating rifle sights. What are rifle sights? If you look at a PTR-91 or HK-91, any of those, you've got iron sights that are just mm-hmm. front post and adjustable sight in the back. It's no different than a pistol sight. It's just a sight. Yeah. Things like having rifle caliber ammunition. Both 5.56 and 7.62 NATO are considered those in what they've seen. A rifle length barrel, previously barrel as long as 20 inches could be imported or even longer. There was no length in determining that. It was always up to whether it came up with enough points to be a pistol. A weapon's heavyweight rifle length barrel, if it uses rifle caliber ammunition, can accept magazines in capacity from 20 to 100 rounds, which contribute to the overall weight. And the overall length of the weapon having a front heavy imbalance when held in one hand. It's just like with the braces, we're back to secret rulings and there is no actual list that anybody can reference and they can just make them up as they see fit in order to block things. Yeah, no kidding. Here's the thing that I was wondering though, how did Tim from Military Arms Channel get this letter? Someone in the firearms world, we don't know who. Tim, of course, knows, but that source is confidential. So someone sent this to him. Okay. Yeah. Someone sent this to him as an email that they had been emailed this from the Wiley Rain Law Firm. He then did some searching and found it on the site of theirs. I did the same search. You can't find it directly through their search engine. It went out somewhat confidentially to the clients of the Wiley Rain Law Firm, essentially. And because they deal with importation. And so they send it to their clients that deal with firearms and they import them. Mm -hmm. It's very much more sneaking around in secret by political hacks that are masquerading at the leaders of the ATF. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. The really disgusting thing is on all of this, we have the IFR regulations and the executive orders that President Trump signed that are supposed to block agencies from doing this kind of secret stuff. Well, legally, they couldn't do it before. They had to always use the rulemaking process anyway. But this is further rules that say you have to disclose this to the public. And they are getting around that by saying that these are non-binding rules and they are not anything that has any bearing on future classification and it's not a factor to determine anything. Mm -hmm. They're just saying, we feel like this is bad. We're going to say you can't bring it in. That might change under a different administration. It might not. They're sneaking around. They are trying to set up all these rules. And really, this is just a preview, just like with the braces, of what's going to happen if the ATF political leaders get free reign. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I think is very likely, because a lot of these, we're talking like Draco pistols, we're talking PTRs, we're talking all these different kinds of modern AK style guns, pistols, Galils would fall under this. Any of the fun magazine-fed guns that we are buying millions of today, and they would all fall in under this. A lot of them have braces on them. So with what they've been saying on the other stuff, a lot of these could be declared that they should be SBRs. They're not taking that route because with these, if they make them an AOW, you can't have them. You have to take them to an SOT and then get your paperwork done. Well, if suddenly millions of these have to be dropped off at SOTs and people are waiting for their paperwork and they now have a new liberal administration that they can get laws passed to take them away from you. Now all they have to do is go collect them from the SOTs instead of from all the people. Yeah, that's I think that's what they're trying to pull with that. Wow. Plus there's more states that don't allow AOWs to begin with. So Mm -hmm. it's just sneaking around in secret. And right now these determinations only apport the imported ones. But they're also talking about retroactively revoking the approvals of ones that have been imported for years. Like HK-91s, we've been importing those as pistols for years. Dracos, years again. M85, M92 PAPs, all those kinds of guns would potentially fall under this. Any kind of pistol AR, 
if they revoke the importation retroactively, you've now got a gun that was imported illegally. That potentially is going to have not just the legal implications on the company that imported it, but also the company that sold it. And of course, the consumer. Mm -hmm. Even though they're right now really targeting just the importers, this has very far-reaching consequences potentially. And if they get free reign, they're absolutely going to apply the same kind of style to anything built here in the U.S. Too. Yeah, exactly. What is being done about this? Is anybody taking political action or legal action? Or right now, there hasn't been much. GOA, I think, has a click-through that they sent out the other day. But basically, just like with the braces, we got to start sending notes to our congressman, White House, et cetera. NRA, NRA better be on this again too, just like with the braces. Everybody's got to get on this because this is the same disgusting secret actions of just run amok politicians that are taking the reins in the ATF. Mm -hmm. It's just a rogue agency at this point. There's nothing in their leadership that is operating with any kind of ethics and regard for the law. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for that, John. And guys, you heard it. Get active and start taking a stance. I actually read something where I forget, I should have taken a screenshot of it, but it was a dog on a chain. And every day, a piece of the chain is taken off, it's taken off. And before you know it, the dog realizes that there's no more chain left. And that's kind of how politics work is they just condition you to get used to it. So that you don't even notice that there's a change until it's too late. That's exactly what they're doing. It's death of a thousand cuts. I wish I could have explained that a little bit better, though. <laughs> the meme was in figure 10 words, and I just tried to explain it 40 and yeah, didn't even do such a great job. But yeah, that is basically what it is. It's just a slowly, same thing with masks, all kinds of stuff. It's just slowly conditioning you to abide by certain rules that make no sense. Submit and obey. Exactly. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to get on with the show. You're welcome. Smith and Wesson. If you're looking for a competition handgun, you need to check out the core series of pistols from Smith and Wesson. Core stands for Competition Optics Ready. And all our MMP 2.0 pistols from the Performance Center with longer 5 inch barrels ready to go for competition shooting. There are a number of options available depending on which division you want to shoot, including ported barrels and red dots already installed. Additionally, they all come with larger slide stops, trigger stops to adjust over travel, and the action has been tuned by the Performance Center. They come with two magazines, cleaning kit, and four different palm swells, so you have the perfect grip. Check them out and a ton of other great products at smith-wesson.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Q&A. So if you guys have not submitted your question, just go to GunFunny, fill out the contact us form and submit your question and I am happy to answer it. Today's question is, with this crazy ammo shortage, why aren't companies stepping up to meet the increased demand? And for me personally, don't quote me, but from my understanding, what I've heard is the last time there was an ammo shortage, all of these ammo companies they hired more staff, they bought more machinery. And then once things started to catch up, then they had to start laying people off. They still had to pay off that expensive machinery. And I think that the second time around, I think they learned their lesson. They were like, all right, we might just have people deal with it for a few months. And hopefully, eventually, they catch up with production. Demand kind of goes down. It's not as crazy. But from my understanding, that's what's happening. So they're not is readily going to jump on this and increase production because it backfired on them once demand was met. Do you have anything to add to this, Tyler? Yeah, I've heard much the same in that there's a lot of hesitancy on many of the major manufacturers' parts to kind of, kind of step up, if that's what we want to say. But uh, you know, I think for a lot of them, there's probably this common thought that post-election, this is all going to calm down, mm -hmm. depending on who wins, of course you know, or it's going to speed up and maybe they'll do something about it then. 
but I, I would also tell people it's not like they're not pushing to get ammo out the door, right? Yeah. They're just not increasing production. They're just making sure those machines are running around the clock pretty yeah, much. Definitely. And then I have to imagine that with COVID, that probably has had some effect. I know it's had an effect on a lot of production because Obviously, these factories, you can't have as many people as you once had putting all of this stuff together. So I have to imagine that that probably also has some effect. But even if they were to hire more staff, it's not really going to make much of a difference at this point. Yeah, I I would agree with that 100%. And I I think it's actually a good opportunity for some smaller ammo manufacturers if they can, you know, step up and and supply to some of these mid-level state or region-based stores. There's a really good opportunity within the industry right now to to kind of step up and take in some of that business. Yeah, definitely. And you have to think that once this all passes over, that those companies probably would continue to do business with those smaller companies. Yep. Absolutely. Shards Bros. If you're looking for a nice billet lower right now, you should go check out the Live Wire. The Live Wire, if you don't remember it, is Sharps Bros only lower that doesn't have a face on it, but is still a great looking billet lower that includes great features like a large flared magwell. It's a real sleek looking billet with clean, smooth lines, unlike some of the billet lowers that don't look as great out there on the market. It also includes an oversized trigger guard and ambidextrous bolt releases. It's compatible with mil spec internals and upper receivers. Rainier Arms just got a shipment of them, but I know that they're not going to last long because they're beautiful. So check them out at Rainier Arms or at sharpsbros.com. All right, Tacti Talk. Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. True Velocity advances in Australia's Land 159 project. True Velocity from Garland, Texas, has moved to the short list of potential suppliers for Australia's programs to identify new sniper and close combat weapon systems. True Velocity, if you're not familiar with its manufactured ammunition, with a Palmer composite case rather than the traditional brass or steel, the first thing you might think is no way will a plastic case withstand the pressure. You'd be wrong. It has been proven over and over in testing to withstand the pressures required for modern cartridges. True Velocity currently offers a variety of cartridges, including 556, 7.62, 6.5 Creedmoor, 338 Norma, and even 50 BMG. The first benefit that you might think is the weight reduction, which you would be correct. It has about 30% less weight than the traditional casings. The biggest benefit, though, is reduced heat transmission to the weapon system from the case when firing rapidly. Plastics are an insulator rather than a conductor, so far less heat is directly transferred from the case after firing into the chamber of the firearm. And, of course, being plastic, it wears less on the internal surfaces of the firearm. I know that at SHOT Show last year, they said that True Velocity ammo would be hitting the shelves sometime this year, but so far there's no sign of that. I think like many SHOT Show announcements, delays are typical this year just being crazy and COVID and everything like that. So hopefully they do hit the shelves soon, though. I'd be pretty interested to try that out. And even going back to ammo shortages right now, people are like, oh, well, no big deal. I'll just reload my own ammo. But right now, everything is sold out. Casings, primer, powder, bullets. It's just all scarce right now. Who knows, maybe these Palmer casings might be a nice alternative for people who can't find the actual brass or aluminum casings. Yeah, I'd be very curious to see what the cost is going to look like when they they do finally make it to market. Yeah. Especially right now. Yeah, no kidding. And then also, I'd imagine the cleanup would probably be a little bit easier, but I don't know. It's very possible. Yeah, you're probably not getting some of the same stuff caked in as hard well baked in almost into some of your guns mm-hmm. because of that it, you know it's a little lower heat so that that could be uh yeah it could be a bunch of benefits to that yeah so they might be onto something i guess we'll see if it takes off i personally think anytime that there's some new ammo or something new out there even if it's just a casing i think other companies are going to have to jump on in order for the cost to be beneficial because Initially starting out, I'm sure 
I don't know. I mean, don't quote me because I'm not saying that it's expensive, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not as inexpensive as we initially think it might be. But maybe later on, as more companies jump on board or start using that ammo, then the price might go down. Yeah, for sure. There, there is something to you know uh, decreasing costs through volume. So that's a, a big thing, and and competition in the marketplace for stuff like this is always a good thing in terms of pushing the technology and getting it kind of into the mainstream. Mm-hmm, definitely. Polymer eighty. If you're looking for a smaller EDC pistol and want to build it yourself, you should check out the PF9SS from Polymer 80. The PF9SS is a single stack comparable to the Glock 43, so it's perfect for a thin concealed carry weapon. It's compatible with the Glock 43 Gen 4 components, but like other P80s, gives you that more comfortable grip angle, extended beaver tail, undercut trigger guard, and thumb rest. Another feature it includes that the G43 doesn't is a Picatinny rail for mounting a weapon light. Like all the other P80s, it comes with the jig and bits to complete it. Check it out at polymer80.com. Don't forget to use that code GUNFUNNY and that gets you 15% off. All right, AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Florida man stole backhoe and took out Biden signs. A homeless man in Haines City, Florida, over the weekend stole a backhoe from a construction site and drove it around the neighborhood, knocking down fences and stealing Biden signs from people's yards. Wow, this is kind of embarrassing for people who support Trump. Yeah. One neighbor said it is outrageous to go to that extent. His name was Cornelius Marion, who lives in the neighborhood and saw it happen. Police investigators say after stealing the backhoe from an Arby's construction site on U.S. Highway 27, James Blight drove to Adam Burgess's home. Blight then reportedly stole several Biden signs from the Burgess's front yard, jumped back in the backhoe, and ran down his fence. That seems really extreme. Burgess says he doesn't know Blight. No one in his family does either. At this point, it doesn't seem Blight has any connection to the neighborhood. Burgess was quoted saying there needs to be more punishment. This was a hate crime. You just don't know the mind of a guy with issues Burgesses offered during a Zoom interview. After wrecking the Burgesses' yard, Blight drove about half a mile before running over a street sign. Then he used the backhoe to dig up Biden's signs on someone else's property. When he was finally arrested, Blight told investigators that he had been drinking whiskey all day. Okay. (laughs) Starting to make sense now. I know. I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's observed that a grown man could think he had the right to destroy someone else's property based on a difference of political opinion. Haines City Police Chief Jim Alensky said in a press release about the incident. Oh, it's funny that they bring this up because just recently I had a conversation with somebody on Facebook and I'm part of some political group and somebody was saying that a lot of people that support Biden have been coming into her business and she's afraid to even state her opinion or her political beliefs because she doesn't want to lose business, which you want to have those conversations. But you also, I personally think that depending on what industry you're in, I think it just pays to keep quiet. I don't think everybody needs to know your political beliefs. But I also mentioned that my neighbors across the street have a bunch of Biden signs on their yard. And I was thinking, oh, it'd be funny if I put Trump signs in front of my yard. But then I was thinking, I'm pretty sure that my entire neighborhood supports Biden, unfortunately. (laughs) And how do I know that this isn't going to cause more issues by just putting up Trump signs? And at the end of the day, am I really going to be changing minds by putting up these signs? I think that it would actually cause more issues. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing right now, especially, you know, we kind of saw something similar in 2016, where I feel like you have a I see a a lot of Biden signs around Cleveland as I'm driving around. And for me, I I don't see very many Trump signs. Now, when I go outside of Cleveland, I see a lot of Trump signs. But I look at all those yards that don't have any signs in them. And those are the people where I wonder who they're voting for, right? Yeah. Because I, I feel like if you are voting for Trump, like you, you almost can't say it if you live 
in a more liberal area, right? It, whether, you know, you'll have the signs ripped from your front yard. I've had friends that's happened to. I've had people like throw stuff at uh, like a couple friends, like front doors and things like that. Like, it's just, I, I think we should all be free to speak our mind. Like the first amendment guarantees us that right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like voicing your political opinion uh, with a sign in your front yard is never something that should bring upon you some kind of violence, right? There are certain things that that are just things you shouldn't say in public, right? But a political uh, political sign showing your support for a candidate is not one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. If anything, I think it's like more internal, like terrorism to a degree. It is definitely a hate crime and you're destroying somebody's property or that person, you're putting them in danger. For me personally, I know that just in my neighborhood, there's two neighbors that always just have issues. They get drunk, they get into fights, the cops are always called, and it's just, ugh. I honestly, if that's not enough to make you want to move, but I really love my house, but I wouldn't put it past him to get drunk and just vandalize my house. And now, well, I just added on more problems, or now I have to clean up the spray paint that's on my house. And it's just, I don't know. I just don't want those issues. I know at the end of the day who I'm going to be voting for. I don't think that those signs are really going to be changing anyone's mind in my neighborhood. As much as I'd like to take a stance, I think it's important to kind of pick and choose your battles. When I teach my classes, being a firearms instructor, being in the firearms industry, I definitely talk about politics, but I think that it kind of comes with the territory. Whereas if I owned a printing business, eh, and if the conversations come up and you kind of feel out that person, but I don't think that you should go all out and voice who you're going to be voting for just because, especially with businesses, everyone's kind of hurting in 2020. I just don't think that it's smart to isolate yourself. Yeah, I agree 100%. It actually, it was interesting. I was, I was just picking up a, a new battery for my car yesterday. And I'm at the you know auto store or whatever and, and getting the battery. And, and there's a guy who was waiting on something. On his phone with his, it must have been watching a video or something with the you know, volume all the way up. And it was just some, like, I couldn't even tell which side of the aisle he was on, but it was just like straight political talk. And it was just so out there what this guy was saying, yeah. whoever he was watching. And I was just like, you understand you, there's other people here that might right. not agree with you. And, and this is probably not the forum for that. Right. And it's just, I feel like you put kind of the, the volatility of kind of what's going on in our country right now, couple that with COVID and people being locked inside. And it's just been uh, very, very visible, this kind of recipe for madness Mm -hmm. in a lot of places. And, uh, I'm just excited for it all to be over. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) And then to add to that also BLM riots, everyone is just on edge right now. And I just feel like 2020 is was crazy or is crazy enough. And then to make it a political year is just like, oh, man. Well, at this point, I'm going to lay low and just wait for this year to be over. <laughs> and hopefully, <laughs> hey, that, hopefully people gain their sanity back. Yeah, we need more people to do that. Like some of these people that are out here, you know, rioting and doing all that sort of stuff. It's like, stay home. Like, this is not the right way to voice your opinion and, mm-hmm. and make it known to people. Like, I'm all for peaceful protests, but when it turns into rioting, man, that's, uh, you got to draw a line in the sand and, and whatever comes your way, you're asking for it. Yeah. Or if you steal a bulldozer and start stealing signs off property, that's, right. that's there were so extreme. much better things you could have done with it. Oh, you so know, many, like, yeah. you, you could have built yourself something. Yeah. Seriously. And then just returned it before they even knew that you stole it. You right. know? No. Right. <laughs> All right, moving forward. Triarc systems. I'm actually going to be hanging out with Triarc systems here in the next, I guess the next week or two in Georgia. Really excited to see them. So if you've been considering a B&T firearm, you should go check out Triarc. They actually have quite a bit in stock right now both the APC-9 and the APC-10, which are awesome guns. B&T, if you're not familiar with them, is a Swiss company that has a reputation for making some of the finest guns. Even though they're not as well-known in the U.S., their parts have been around a long time as their parts have been used in a lot of the HK guns. 
I had the opportunity to check these out at TruerCon last year, and they look like a blast to shoot. So head on over to TriarchSystems.com, check it out. If you guys see something you like, don't forget to use the code AVA, A-V-A, and that gets you 5% off. All right, so now it's time for iTunes reviews. So if you guys haven't left a review, I only have two more left to read. So if you guys haven't, now would be the perfect time. And as always, you have the opportunity to win a prize pack. Actually, this time I'm going to be giving away my newest patch that uh, I haven't even shown anyone yet. I've shown the the patrons, but that's about it. Yeah, so you guys are going to get my new patch, whoever wins. So first review by 22 Cheapster, titled Keep Tickles Happy, five stars. Ava has on amazing guests and gets to know the gun industry in ways you never knew you needed. Yes, I stole that. Bottom line, great show you should already be listening to. Bonus, listening keeps Tickles happy. You don't want to see Tickles angry. Second is Blue Honey R, uh, keeping it teal, five stars. With all the negativity towards our men in blue, it was so refreshing to hear from a woman that was a police officer and a woman that is married to one too. I so appreciate strong women that are out there fighting for the fight, boldly standing up for the Second Amendment. Ava also always is right on with her guests and promoting the 2A community. Thank you for keeping me and so many others informed on what's going on and new ways to get involved. Love the show. All right, Tyler, out of those two, pick a lucky winner. Ooh, I'm going to go with Blue Honey R because... Don't get me wrong. I want to keep Tickles happy, but I, I like that comment better. Do you even know who Tickles is? No clue. Okay. Tickles no clue. is sorry. my dog and she's kind of an operator. No. Yeah, she is. She has her own Instagram and she operates on there and it's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. In fact, I yesterday I went live in the Patreon group and I posted a video where Tickles is just, I mean, going after a shadow on the ground and it was a reflection <laughs> of my wine glass. Maybe I thought it was funnier than usual because I was drinking wine. I don't know. But I mean, she was, yeah, she was out to get that shadow. And uh, well, let's just say if she could, she probably would have. It sounds very much like Tickles is a younger version of of my dog who is now, she she has hung up her operator uh, gear. <laughs> She's uh, retired. <laughs> she, she does a lot of sleeping and... Uh, She'll, you know, she's just a a little past that age where barking and and reacting to every little thing that happens (laughs) just doesn't, isn't quite the same anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So Tickles is almost eight and I guess I'm just kind of waiting for that, but. (laughs) Yeah, no, keep, keep, keep her the way she is as long as you can. I know. Mine's 13 and with every little slowdown, it's like, okay, you know, it's it's a little depressing. I know. No kidding. Well, I mean, Tickles has gray hair. She's only four pounds, by the way, but she has gray hair. And every time I look at old pictures where she wasn't gray and she looked all cute and little. And I mean, she still is cute and little, but just so much more younger. And now it's just like, man, Tickles, like stop getting older. I'm just going to dye her hair and be in denial. That's yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I can appreciate what Blue Honey's saying. Um, You know, I know you do a lot for the Second Amendment community, and and it is very much appreciated. So yeah, definitely for, that that hits home for me. Yeah, and also I love seeing strong women in the industry, so it's nice to hear from people that appreciate that. All right, wrapping up. So guys, head on over to gunfunny.com. You'll find links for everything. If you're thinking about buying something from Brownells, Palmetto State Armory, I have affiliate links for that. So just click on affiliate and you will find affiliate links. So if you're going to buy something from that site, I will actually get a portion of it. So it's a really good way to support the show without actually having to give anything because if you were going to buy it anyways. Also follow us on social media. And if you want to support the show, you should consider becoming a, well, I guess no, it's no longer called a Patreon because we're no longer using Patreon given the ups and downs with content creators and them having issues with Patreon. And I also heard Patreon was recently sued. I don't know how much longer they're going to last. I hate relying on people. So we decided to set up our own version of Patreon on the GunFunny website. In order to switch over, please head over to GunFunny.com and select support the show within the menu bar. And it's pretty self-explanatory from there. Don't forget to delete your pledge on Patreon afterwards. If you guys don't want to do that and you want to continue to use Patreon, that's totally fine. I'm not shutting it down. Either way, I thank you for your continued support. 
loan deadline is giving away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron each month. So that's just another reason to support the show. Also, I wanted to thank the $25 patrons, and that is Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Star Wars 77, and Ralph Anthony. King of the Patreon, still Jon Snow. He wants me to say there has never been a hurricane named after Operator Tickles because it would have destroyed everything. (laughs) All right, Tyler, thank you so much for joining me. And can you remind listeners once again where they can find Pyramid Air online? Sure. PyramidAir.com is where you will find our website. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Pyramid Air. Come check us out. We would love to educate you on air guns. And if you're already an air gunner, we'd appreciate your business. And Ava, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Well, on that note, we're out of here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.